Welcome to a Faith Walking Conversation. In this episode, Mike and Sherry Meyer-Veen from New York will share their experience and learning related to managing their anxiety. Given the pandemic circumstances the world is facing through COVID-19. This conversation was originally recorded in March of 2020. We want to remind you that Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.faithwalking.us. Join the conversation. Until I see the Christ in you. I'm gonna look twice. Hope you all have received the handout. If you haven't, there is a handout which should have the majority of our content in it. And this, of course, does not come from us. This comes from faith walking work. This comes from some of you know about churches learning change work. This comes from our mentors, including Ken Schumann with um, Jim. Harrington and Trisha Taylor um, and their their works, uh, the Leaders Journey, um, Leaders Journey podcast. So this is just trying to put together what's going on, what's happening, and how do we see anxiety in the midst of what we're going through. So Mike and I are a part of the Reformed Church in America, and our local grouping of churches had uh, our sort of our judicatory and business meeting last Saturday, and we were scheduled to be talking about anxiety because there's a lot of anxiety in the Reformed Church in America right now. And then in the meantime, all this hit the fan. And so we had started putting, changing that up a little bit and then thought, you know, this is just a good thing to bring to the faith walking community in general, to take a moment to pause, to say, what was it that we know? So what we know about anxiety is that anxiety is human, is normal, is natural. Anxiety is a positive, right? In that it helps us learn and grow. It motivates us. And then we also know that when anxiety gets too high, that our brains operate differently, that we kick into that fight or flight mode, that we have a harder time accessing our prefrontal cortex and our thinking abilities. So we acknowledge and recognize all of these things about anxiety, and we know that we all have anxious responses. So the work that we do in faith walking is to become more aware of what our anxious response is so that we can move from our anxious reactivity. And I want to say the word towards is intentional because none of us are, are, are Christ. None of us are going to be perfect, but move towards more faithful responses. Anxiety, we all have it. We all respond. And the work of calming ourselves becomes more and more difficult in times when anxiety is really high. So anxiety is contagious and passed through systems. And we're experiencing an incredible amount of social anxiety right now. Um, and we all experience and handle that differently. So it's helpful to just pause and reflect on some of the impacts of super high anxiety. Yeah, and as we move and start thinking about um, some of those impacts, one of the uh, first impacts we come across is the increased storytelling and meaning-making. We recognize that as human beings, we're meaning-making creatures, storytelling creatures. It's a part of what it means for us to be human. But we recognize that in the midst of anxiety and anxious reactivity, those things get heightened. 
and we can tend to move towards more quickly jumping to conclusions, to making uh, false assumptions uh, and projections based on what's happening. So what's happening to me must be happening to everyone and everywhere else. And we create stories. We create stories about why things are happening in the way they're going. And we even entertain conspiracy theories. I've actually heard many conspiracy theories about what's happening with this coronavirus and all of the anxiety it's producing and the government's to blame and some secret things are behind it. But we tend to jump to this in our times of anxiety. We move to increasing our storytelling, our conclusions, our false assumptions, and we get trapped and reactive in these stories. So we know that in our anxious way of being, we all have a way of either moving away towards or against stressors in our life. And we might distance, conflict, project, start to over under function um, in some form. And, and then how does that come out? Just the reminder to us of the things that we already know. Our way of being sometimes becomes incredibly defensive. Sometimes we move towards blaming, shaming, finger pointing. Sometimes we take things too personal when they weren't meant to be personal. Sometimes we start shutting down, isolating, ignoring, withdrawing. Sometimes we move into attempts to control. And sometimes we distract ourselves with all kinds of things like work or food or exercise or, or, or. Yeah, another thing that tends to decrease in that is the ability to listen to seek understanding. We get too busy reacting, but do we diminish our ability to hear and to be present, to practice curiosity, and it becomes harder for us to access patience and compassion. This is one area that's really real for me when I'm anxious. I have a really hard time being present and being curious. Um, I become much more jumping to assumptions and do not take time or adequate space to really practice the work of listening well. And another thing that happens easily is losing the ability to nuance. Everything seems um, very urgent. Our thinking tends to quickly go to linear. So we start to lose track of all of those potential possibilities. And we start to think in dichotomies, which are actually false. But because of the high level of stress, we forget that they're false. We start to think that they're the only options. and so that we start to see all kinds of extremes happening and, and that meaning-making and assumptions in terms of, oh, if you, um, so I saw this in terms of the meaning-making about whether our church was going to be meeting or not and, and whether how much we care about our elderly population in that. Um, so just that quick sort of losing the ability to nuance and see all of the different possibilities in place. Another part of this is the decreased ability to assess threats. The extremes of denying threat or of imminent peril, those two can be also be worded as we pretend or we panic. We pretend there's nothing wrong, everything's fine, or we panic and everything is wrong. And we have an increased difficulty in, in discerning actual levels of threat that are going on around us and within us. So with that, we start to feel like our life is immediately in danger in this moment because there are very real threats, but we start to feel like they're even more real than, than they are. Um, and we, what we know about anxiety is that it compounds and it can snowball very quickly. So we all experience increased anxiety coming out of 
our very real life situations where we might already have some really big things going on in other areas that are also causing anxiety. And so we all have a threshold of how much we can manage and in our stress and anxiety, which is different for everybody. And when we are at or exceeding our threshold, it feels exponential. And so we acknowledge that compounding effect that can happen just boom, boom, boom in the moments. And we also jump to perceived quick fixes. We naturally want to lower the anxiety um, consciously and unconsciously. And so we look for um, simple solutions. Um, and sometimes there are that require immediate action. But however, the complex issues um, take time and need to be addressed. Sometimes, as we know in this, there are things we need to respond to. There's action we need to take and things we need to do. But we also need to be aware of the greater complexities of issues of health going on for us right now, as well as other things in our lives, and to recognize that some of these take longer, more um, intentional courses of action over a period of time. We also have increased anxiety towards our unhealthy coping mechanisms. And we note that we all have unhealthy patterns. That's actually a part of our faith walking work, right, is to get present to the patterns in our life that cause um, destruction and to try to work at um, those. But in times of increased anxiety, that gets more and more difficult to work at the moving away from the unhealthy pattern towards the healthy pattern. So the just in terms of my own response to anxiety, I an increased anxiety, I know that it unleashes um, like very much an ADD sort of can't shut my brain off, go, 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 um, have to be in action, have to be temptations to be responsible for way too much. Um, and um, I, I don't sleep very well. I have to, I have to be conscious about taking care of my just basic physical needs, like making sure that I'm drinking water and, and eating and taking time to just go for a walk and making sure I'm just taking time for our two children, which are in the backyard playing right now. Um, and this is Mike's picture, and I'll let him speak to his own patterns. <laughs> well, my pattern is that, that could be a childhood picture of me. No, um, it's not, but uh, it, it is that aspect of um, what do I do? I tend to self-soothe when I'm anxious, and a lot of that for me comes around food. Um, and so that's a part of it. Now, of course, we need to eat to stay healthy, but I'm really aware of what happens in me when I'm eating out of anxiety um, and eating out of a way of trying to decrease that anxiety, that increased temptation to do that. And then one of the other things we want to just highlight is that it is exhausting. Um, dealing with social anxiety and just anxiety in general is exhausting. And for many of us, we just need at this time, I think, ourselves to give permission that it's okay to be tired, to feel overwhelmed, to recognize the fatigue and the exhaustion because of everything going on around us. There are households and workplaces trying to take on new forms of technology, trying to deal with changing patterns, and to recognize that all of this just does create fatigue and exhaustion that we need to be aware of and do good work around attending to. And there is hope, and we know that, and that's a part of why we're here today, is to recognize the the great hope that we have together in the faith walking work that we do, which is on how can we increase our ability to manage anxiety um, as well as lower the anxiety. We want to be careful 
to recognize that anxiety is never going to go away and we will always be experiencing it at some level. So how is it that through our joint practice and work together with the Holy Spirit that we can allow ourselves to increase our capacity to manage it? So some of the, what can we do? We can practice our spiritual workouts and um, in other versions of this document, I say pause, pray, and practice uh, your spiritual workout if you have one. But as I speak to this community, I'm happy to say um, we we know what that means, and and we also know that it means that we have to keep reassessing what we need in that and letting go of our perfectionism, letting go of the the ought tos, and latching onto the recognition of yes. What will help me in this time? What do I need to be doing? We can check in with ourselves without judgment and shame. We can recognize, I hope that was said theologically incorrectly, but my, my hope is that this time of sharing brings us all hope to be able to take a step back and say to ourselves, yeah, you've been managing a lot. Good job. And then also to be able to let go of um, some of the judgment and shame that you may have been keeping on yourself as you're trying to figure out which way is up. Yeah. And then those aspects of giving yourself and others extra compassion, um, a phrase I've been holding on to the last several days is just simply saying that's okay um, to myself and to others and trying to practice that bit of extra compassion. We're all in a sense in many ways doing the best that we can. And how do we practice curiosity and wonder? How do we invite others and in our and checking in with them? Maybe that calming is taking a walk in the woods. Maybe that calming is singing a song. Maybe that calming is meditation. Maybe that calming is laughing. Um, I know Sherry had posted videos of babies laughing. You know, so sometimes laughter can help us be calm. And then to to take care of ourselves. What do we need to do? Where's the rest we need? What is the ways we need to refuel, recharge, reconnect? Uh, and creating space and intentional time to do that. And then the other part is cutting down on unnecessary stressors. Sometimes getting on social media is triggering for us. So maybe we need to take breaks from some of that, those things that really trigger us or get us stirred up. And how do we cut down on some of those unnecessary stresses? And I would add to that, that cutting down on unnecessary stressors, some of us personality-wise, um, Enneagram fives in particular, or people who go to Enneagram five in stress, think that we need more information. And so then that becomes this, I have to know that, um, yet you know that knowing it is going to cause you more stress. So I want to just acknowledge that and pause and say, do you really have to know? What difference is it going to mean? I'm not saying that we apathetically should ignore information but we don't have to be on top of every news clip that says the same thing. And we know that checking in with it at certain times will get us the information that we need. So just monitoring our own responses in that. So as we, that's the end of what we wanted to share with you. And we want to propose some reflection questions for you. And Mike, I believe you have those in front of you. I do. So um, I'm not sure if there's a way we're going to be able to post them for your memories, but um, here they are. We tried to make them as simple as possible. So the questions we just want to invite you to wonder um, is what have you seen in your own anxious, anxious response without shame? How are you showing up in the midst of anxiety? What have you seen in your own anxious responses? 
And then the flip side of that, how do you want to be? How do you want to show up um, in a, in a non-anxious way or in a less anxious way? And then the third question, um, what practices will help get you there? What do you need to do for yourself to help get you there? And the lastly, number four, what are your next steps? What is, or maybe what is one step you want to take to begin putting into practice and moving um, from anxious reactivity towards a more faithful response? For more information about faith working, visit www.faithworking.us. We want to remind you that faith working exists because of your financial support. Please consider giving at faithworking.us/donate. Thank you for listening. Till I'm looking through the eyes of love. Till I'm looking through the eyes of